Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Tuesday, December 27th, last couple of days of 2022 here on Drive Time Lincoln. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, always trying to restore American values. Give a little bit of common sense and sanity out to the capital city here in Nebraska, Lincoln. And Johnny Cadillac's in executive producing the show today. Uh, nice fall day, 35. Feels like 28. Winds out of the south, 14 miles an hour. Air quality index, 21. I've never seen that before. Is that a, It's green around it, so maybe that means it's pretty good. Um, Full show today, 45-minute show tomorrow. Um, generally a short week here on Drive Time Lincoln. Our friends at LNK today are having the best of weeks, so uh, they've got recordings playing. So we're kind of the lone warriors in here for KLIN this week. Um, have to admit, quite a Christmas hangover, trying to figure out what, what news y'all think would be uh, worthy to talk about. Um, so the call lines will stay open. The Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400, as well as the text line. Hit me up with whatever. I think both Johnny and I have a little uh, Christmas hangover from uh, families. Got to love them. Got to hate them. Got to deal with them. You don't have to hate them. You just got to deal with them. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas, Jack? Well, I had a good Christmas, no doubt about it. It was uh, nice and relaxed um, until at the very end... Uh, we actually sat down to watch the Creighton basketball game, and a member, a very old member in my family, I think tends to forget things here and there, uh, wanted to reference uh, the non-border crisis, and uh, that caused a 30-minute spit spat <laughs> on the couch, of which case uh, said member's wife said, okay, it's time for us to go, oh, and uh, they, they left the house. Uh, so I guess we ended on the, uh, the family uh, political ideology uh <laughs> throwing punches so it's just not here at the radio station <laughs> that this happens folks this is a pretty much a daily occurrence which i i enjoy actually i was gonna say it sounds like it's like a thing to be expected in a Reagan's family gathering of any sort some sort of political talk well i think that i think number one right wrong or indifferent uh we generally have people that express themselves and, uh, of course, as any of you know, and you have people you know just like this, when you get a lot of people that are willing to express themselves, one, it gets loud, nobody's really listening, and uh, and everybody's just kind of throwing uh, their, their mud against the wall, and off you go. And some families like mine, you know, grow up comfortable like that, and that's how we... Uh, that's how we communicate, and others uh, are like, "Oh my God, this is madness!" And it's it is both. It's madness. Uh, so we uh, that that was the end of Christmas, and it sticks out with me. You know, I wish that wouldn't go on, but I I often wonder as it's been uh, portrayed in so many American movies and American stories about families getting together, usually around Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, or Easter. And then, you know, these dynamics play. <laughs> but it's to me, it's unavoidable. It is uh, what it is. You know, one of the stories that stuck out to me, and I mean, I have to laugh, maybe almost cry. Uh, we ran with it here on KLI. 
as well. But I'm I'm sorry, newsroom, but, but I have to say it. Four chickens die in Christmas Eve fire. <laughs> Those better have been damn expensive chickens. Now, <laughs> the truth is, there was a Christmas Eve fire of a t- detached garage near uh, 40th and Calvert, and it did cause about $20,000 in damage. And I am not poo-pooing the fact that uh, it was a chicken coop, um, and the owners were trying to keep it warm, and it caught fire, and that's unfortunate, um, no doubt about it. And and so I, I absolutely feel uh, for the owners of the property, and I'm glad that LFR was able to respond and uh, it's an accident, clearly. But when you wake up in the morning, you haven't had your cup of joe, and you see the headline that I knew I would talk about today, and it's, four chickens die in Christmas Eve garage fire. I'm like, oh, man. Actually, that means things are darn good today, or <laughs> at Christmas Eve. They were darn good. Uh, but nonetheless, sorry for those four chickens and that owner, because we all... We all think of our pets differently, and I would be, if they were chickens that are pets, not necessarily chickens, but they might have been providing food, um, you know, we would all be sad. But uh, I hope that you can see the uh, irony in the headline versus the way I'm thinking there. That's my point. I mean, I'm just laughing because, so I went to KFC yesterday for lunch, (laughs) and I went to the the one off of like 84th and Layton, that's KFC Long John Silver's. And I, I, whenever I go there, I always go through a drive-through or I get my food to go. Well, this time was a rare occurrence, and I actually sat down and ate in the restaurant. And I look up, and right next to where you order, there's a board that says today's chicken came from in some town in Missouri. I said, "Wait, how long have they been doing something like this? Like letting me know where the chicken I'm eating comes from?" And then you follow that with the story. I'm just, I'm smiling. Yeah, yeah you never, you never know. You never know. Uh, I think another shout-out uh, to LPD and the quick arrest of um, alleged uh, shooter Carson Rezac um, for the death of um, 38-year-old Kupo uh, Malaya that occurred uh, near South 20 Street in Washington last week. would have been Friday morning. You may remember that homicide. And uh, it took LPD and law enforcement about 34 hours um, less than to make this arrest. So great work there. I mean, I think we've beat that horse quite a bit this year that uh, we're not happy with the homicide rates increasing, you know, hundredfold. Uh, but in the end, I mean, homicides are going to happen. Um, I think that, you know, some of them there isn't, you know, police are going to be reactive to folks. That's just the way it is. And uh, in this case, while sad someone loses their life and that has happened, it is very neat to see a very good response, quick response by LPD and all involved um, to get this man arrested who allegedly committed the act. So, um, again, good job. Hope everybody on that side of uh, LFR and LPD was able to have a good quick Christmas. Uh, because yeah, I just always look at the weather and I think, God, these folks have to go out there and work in it. And I also know that LFR got a brand new rig. It's replacing their number five. Uh, I think their number five rig, but the the rig they're replacing is about twenty years old, and it actually, uh, at least for the Lincoln area, comes from some of the COVID money and you know 
however we finagled that. I'm fine with that. Put it to put it to good use. Get us a get us a brand new rig without a doubt. So again, just a lazy day here on Drive Time Lincoln with myself, Jack Riggins, and Johnny Cadillac, just recounting uh twenty twenty two a little bit and some local news stories. Um you know, one of the ones that's breaking right now is uh Title forty two has been held up at the Supreme Court. Uh what is Title forty two? The the quick version is is it was used uh, by the Trump administration during the pandemic to basically say, hey, because of a health emergency in the United States, you know, you have to hold at the border. Uh, can't let people in, right? Generally speaking, that's a very broad description of what it is, but kind of stay in place, stay in Mexico. We've got a health crisis going on. And uh, obviously the Biden administration has wanted to remove that. And in fact, um, that went to the Supreme Court, and as of right now, today, that is still on hold. It will be heard again in February, so that means Title 42 is in place. Why is that important to you and me? A lot of experts believe that Title 42 is one of the few things holding back even more historic numbers of illegal immigrants coming into the United States. Um, and so people that would like us to figure that border crisis out are in favor of Title 42. People that are all about mass migration into the United States, legal or illegal, would like Title 42 to go away. So for now, um, it lives at least until February. And of course, you probably have been paying attention to, you know, some news outlets that the expectation from Border Patrol and Customs and DHS and everybody is once Title 42 goes away, we will see a surge on the already historic numbers. And when I mean historic numbers, I mean, <laughs> you know, U.S. arrests along the Mexican border top 2 million a year for the first time ever, ever. And when you look at the year over year since the Biden administration took over, they have hit historic highs. And this isn't something that most Americans feel is a good thing. And it's actually the thing that we got into a spit spat at my house over Christmas about because somebody believed that. And I can't discount what somebody believed. Well, we never do anything about the border. Well, that's generally on a long line, you know, a long history. It is true. We have been very soft as a country on our southern border. Um, and so we've kind of always had a problem. That is true. The difference is I led with, yeah, but historic biggest ever numbers so we're triply doubly historically worse than we've ever been and uh my counterpart wasn't having any of it they they were like we never do anything they always say they're going to do something they never do anything well again you're right to a degree but not at a historic highest numbers ever like we have going on right now with the Biden administration. And 
you know. So then I came back and I said, well, I go, let's take personalities out of it. What's wrong with building a wall? I mean, that's, that, that is, shouldn't be a controversial question. Take the personalities out of it. What's wrong with building the wall? Well, they'll just dig holes under it. Yeah, but it's a deterrent. And it at least does something. It begins to do something. What's wrong with funding the border, having more agents, right? Well, I mean, nobody ever gets anything done there. I go, yeah, but we just shipped, you know, I think half a billion or dollars to other countries in the omnibus for their border security. Why couldn't we have used that money for our border security? I mean, that, to me, those are common sense answers. Right. I fully agree, admit and have said as the American people, we are not putting enough pressure on our elected officials to modernize immigration and reform. That needs to be done yesterday. We are a country of immigrants. We welcome the diversity and the thought and people from everywhere without a doubt. But to be in 2022 and to not have an expeditious, sound, background check way for asylum seekers and others to come to this country and immigrate into it as it is, that it's one piece of causing the immigration nightmare that we have is just wrong. It's just wrong. And that's where I would start. At the same time, I think there's nothing wrong with securing, in this case, your southern border by any means necessary. If you have to do military deployments down there, then you have to. If you have to set up refugee camps, which we oftentimes help in other areas of the world, um, I, I really don't care what the optics are. I don't care. If we have, which we clearly do, millions of people coming across this border, I think the number right now is 17,000 a day, and we have to set up 10 cities and essentially refugee camps that we see in other countries, you know, think Iraq, think Syria, think, you know, um, Afghanistan, think places in Northern Africa or Africa, in order to humanely care and feed for these people until such time that we can figure out the immigration stuff, then we have to do it. We have the land. We have the money. We have the manpower. We clearly don't have the political will for whatever reason. So there's no doubt about it that it's a multifaceted problem that requires a multifaceted approach. But um, I would hope that elected officials would one day begin to take immigration reform and modernization seriously. And I would hope that Americans from everywhere would take border security seriously. Um, and it just doesn't appear strictly by the numbers, folks, not the politics side of it, that we are. And I think that that fires up a lot of people um you know to end that argument in casa de riggins 
Christmas, El Christmas was, was, well, you know what? Somebody said, we have a responsibility to take care of those people. And I said, you're absolutely right. I said, we'll give you two to chaperone. And what was the answer? Well, I, I can't do that. Well, there you go. There you go. There are other Americans living down on the border states that are inundated with this crisis. And while they're not necessarily chaperoning, right, these historically high, right, millions of extra people into their areas is causing issues. So, you know, I, that one to me uh, is so sad, both to the American citizens, the American ideal, but all the, also the people that are fleeing very not so good countries coming here because it's better and creating a human um, crisis that we can't figure it out is tremendously sad. When again, we have the money, we have the know how, and we have the manning. It's a lack of political will that wants to put a dent into this. And so ultimately, the people that are getting hurt the most are you and I and the people that are living through this, right? The actual border crossies. So, you know, thoughts on that. Well, we've got some text. Let's see. Um, here we go. Jeff, thank you for the text. Yes, we do have a new fire truck. Um, that was just brought out. Um, we were able to use uh, a lot of... Uh, COVID funds for it. And yes, you're right, Jeff. Jeff says there's no, nothing free. I mean, there is nothing free. I agree with you. It's just these COVID funds from the federal government were earmarked and we were able to figure a way to get in a new fire truck. Um, so I think that's cool. Um, you're not really happy with the 87,000 new IRS agents. I don't think anybody is. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen anybody that's really been positive on that and or think that, um, there's anything good coming of that. I mean, I don't even know why other than I guess to track more tax money. I mean, is that, would that be the end goal? I mean, if I said I needed 87,000 more soldiers, it would be because I thought I needed to, you know, chew up more ground somewhere or defend more land or something. But, uh, maybe we'll uh, look into that when we come back. Got a few more texts out there. We'll get through them at the, uh, at the uh, second half of the show. KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, slow day here. Drive time, Lincoln. Uh, call lines are open. Uh, the entire show, as well as the text line, uh, was just running through. Title 42 is on hold. It's sitting at the Supreme Court. It looks like it's not going to be uh, looked at until February. So uh, why is that a good or bad thing? Well, it's a good thing because it's one of the things that's holding back even more historic records of uh, immigration and immigrants and illegals coming into this country. At least that's what the experts predict. And, uh, and it is something the Biden administration would like to stop. And so therefore, you know, for those of us that look at the border numbers, we're like, geez, we're already at historic ever numbers, um, you know, possibly, you know, any type of relief, which, you know, title 42 is kind of just, the itty bitty shield that's doing it. Um, so that's been delayed. Um, so we talked quite a bit about that. Um, 
there's some other things going on. Um, Q&A with the Nebraska Examiner with Jim Pillen. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back, as well as uh, Governor Ricketts moving on and some of his thoughts as he uh, departs the office. And uh, as always, Twitter is on fire. Why? Because it's disclosing all kinds of shenanigans uh, between private industry and the U.S. government. Some that's not surprising to somebody like me that worked in the intelligence circles and counterterrorism, and, and some that is surprising to me. Um, and uh, I really think it's a story that everybody should be paying attention to, even though it's not getting coverage on, uh, you know, major media networks, which, you know, I would hope that you understand is part of the reason we're in this funk, that major news networks just aren't covering real news. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to the texters as well in second segment. 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Segment here on uh, Tuesday, December 27th, uh, full show. Tomorrow we'll only have 45 minutes. Actually, Natalie Weiss is going to be on. Uh, she's always, honestly, probably my favorite guest. I totally enjoy Natalie. Um, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Maybe I'll just have Natalie host the show and ask me questions like I'm the guest. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, she was up in uh, Minnesota helping with the elections there. I'm sure did a phenomenal job getting out the vote. Um, you know, as I thanked her for not being down here in Nebraska helping out because, uh, you know, gives conservatives an advantage. <laughs> I, uh, I second that though. She's but, one of my favorite. Yeah, call. yeah, yeah. And, uh, the plan is to get some dinner or something after, afterwards and catch up. Uh, I always enjoy as we, yeah, I mean, we come from some opposite ends of the political spectrum, but there's much more than all of you would understand that we, um, I mean, without being there listening to us talk as we try to solve the world's problems, um, I could thoroughly convince if we were in charge of the city, we would solve many of the problems uh, and also satisfy many sides of the political aisle because we are able to come to uh, verbal agreements on problems and then agree. Uh, compromise solutions which is what i think is important so she'll be the guest tomorrow uh yeah one of the stories i actually already reached out to him i've known tommy armstrong jr former nebraska quarterback maybe since his freshman year at nebraska i used to help out down there a little bit and uh reached out to him early this morning if you haven't heard the news um he was back home in mississippi and a fire broke out uh next to his home and he and i believe his mother ran into the fire and dragged people out of it 
and um, very heroic thing. And in fact, he had uh, he had known these folks uh, since he was little. And so uh, when he gets back up here to Nebraska, um, see if we can get him on the show to talk about it. But a real heroic thing from him, and he put out on Twitter, Johnny. The executive producer digging it up for a Twitter Tuesday, if you will. Uh, he put out from uh, Tommy Gunn for hug your family extra tight and always tell them how much you appreciate them. Life is too precious. I second that as well. Life can go quick. Things happen. Um, you've got to know, let those around you know that you love them and that you're there for them, especially in these times. But just a pretty amazing story out of the South down there involving one of our own, uh, Tommy Armstrong, who makes his home here in Lincoln, as I understand it. But uh, he's down visiting his family and uh, kind of, you know, I know this is cliche, but it kind of reminded me of the outsiders uh, when, you know, they ran in there and and rescued people. And you just never know what's going to happen and how you're going to react. And I think that that is very brave. It's the right thing to do. And frankly, he saved a life and it sounds like some other family members but i have high confidence we'll be able to get him on the show i'm sure he'll make kind of the media tour (laughs) but uh yeah it was just good to see and i'm glad he's okay but uh he certainly was the guardian angel for that family over the holidays so without a doubt let me go back to the text line here uh yeah jeff i didn't do you justice I'm not worried about the new fire truck being shenanigan money. No, it's legitimate money. It came from COVID funds or Recovery Act. It doesn't really matter. The city, LFR, did a great job to get the money, however it needed to be done, um, to get that new truck, and I think that's great. Jeff also is the one who mentioned about 87,000 new IRS agents, and we've been hearing about that. Uh, you know, just some of the creeping that they've talked about into what money's transferred, this, that, and other thing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just, listen, the government's under certain administrations is just always trying to find ways to get more tax money out of you and I and, you know, just ebb and flow. Just roll with it is what I say. No doubt about it. Uh, Chris commenting on uh, the southern border. At some point, you have to turn off the spigot in order to give people time to assimilate into American culture and traditions. Uh, there's two parts there, Chris, and I like. I really do like that text. Um, you know, it, it is sad, but I think a lot of people that you know are natural born U.S. U.S. citizens that care about the Constitution and care about this country and really feel, you know that it is a part of them who do know the culture and the traditions find that people that immigrate correctly here absolutely do that. They do assimilate into the American culture and traditions and they do become American. And oftentimes they maybe are more American outwardly and in their actions and their words than natural born Americans. And so that frustrates Americans that take America seriously. And I highly encourage all immigrants to do that. I highly encourage, as I've said before, our elected officials to get to reform and modernization so that we can continue to be a country of immigrants. But that means they assimilate into our culture and traditions and our constitution because that's what makes America great. 
And, you know, the ones that do, I think, have a phenomenal life. Um, as far as turning off the spigot, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, common sense is one of the things we talk about on this show. Folks, we cannot just allow people to come in, get a sticky note, and be told, show up back here, you know, in Albuquerque or El Paso or San Diego. But, you know, in the meantime, for the next two years, six months, whatever, just go wherever you want. No, that that's not good. That's not good at all. It's terrible. So, yes, we need to secure the border seriously. If we have to deploy troops to do that, then we should. And then we need to modernize and bring immigrants in through the different programs we have in an expeditious, fair way so that our country can continue to grow and flourish with diverse thought. That is not a big ask, but since I've been alive, right? And as somebody in my family would say, we'd never do anything about it. Well, this is what we, the American people, are here for, is to tell people who can make those decisions what they need to do when they get up there in Washington. And if they don't, get them voted out. That's simple. That's simple. Uh, Scott's talking about State Patrol. Yeah, State Patrol had a lot of busy stuff going on uh, prior to Christmas, through Christmas. It was great to see them get a 22% uh, pay raise. Um, again, you're not going to ever want your first responders, you know, to be NFL and NBA type paid people, nor your military, uh, but they certainly need to be paid, you know, a fair wage and then some with benefits for the risks they take and that of their family. So I was happy to see that done uh, by Governor Ricketts and supported by Jim Pillen as well. Uh, let's go to Debbie on the call line. Debbie, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi, Commander. Hello. Well, I wanted to mention the fact that I, you know, I'm a staunch Republican. I'm not as conservative as you are. I'm probably more moderate. Uh, you'd be surprised I, how, I mean, I'm <laughs> conservative, but I have my disagreements with the conservative party. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative and more of a social moderate. Okay. But I guess my, uh, my discussion is I'm really sorry to see Tammy Ward is not going to be running for re-election. Um, I think she's been very fair on the council. I think she is more moderate. And I really was hoping that she would run again, and I'm sorry that she's not. You know, I read... Um I, I purposely, I mean, I obviously read the story way back when of the DUI, but I'm sympathetic to when people make mistakes because I've made them um, in my life and some of them are harder to recover from than others. And and so I, I did not jump on the train and I don't think many people did here. And so, number one, I'm happy to see that she was able to get physically healthy from that because I'm sure that was a chore. And I also believe that those can be great life lessons, and I'm sure she learned from it, um, you know, as was stated. And I read the Journal Star's article on her, kind of, and it had some of the politics in there. And I would agree with you. I think that she was more moderate to a degree than, you know, maybe some of the people I look at and go, oh, my God. Um, sure. But at the same time, you know, I think in this day and age, given how that situation played out, and given how we're we're kind of in a town right now that is really fighting conservative, you know, I'm right in the middle of it, um, you know, and left yeah, policies. I, I think it's difficult, um, you know, if you if you want to throw your hat in that ring again, you know, because I, I don't think the next couple of years of candidacies 
are going to be as so gentlemanly like as maybe they had been in the past. And so I, I thank her for her service. Um, I, I think your sentiments are, are pretty wise, though. Yeah, I think you're probably right on the fact that, you know, I mean, she could probably have been primary because she isn't that far to the left, just like some of our Republican candidates aren't that far to the right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a real thing right now is that each party is kind of, you know, deciding who represents. And and then I think when you have an incident like she had, you know, that becomes fair game, right, and can make a lot of headlines and can make it hard for, you know, either a conservative opponent or somebody even on the Democratic side. You know, they can really throw that mud at you. Um, And, you know, but uh, I, I think that, like you said, I mean, it seems that she had, she gave good thought, kind of both sides, um, and certainly, as you know, you know the conservatives are very frustrated with just the simple numbers majority. Uh, but right. um, you know, acts like that could cause po- politicians to become vulnerable, and so she probably felt it was just in her best interest, you know, to stop dealing with the headaches. And and I personally wish her, you know a good recovery from the injuries as, as well as, you know, learning from the life lesson. Cause those are tough. And, but they, the good thing is you can learn from them and be a better person. And, and I have no doubt she'll do that. And sometimes it takes time and effort. Yeah. Well, thanks commander. That's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Thanks All right, so Debbie. Good call. Bye. Yep. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yeah. I enjoy that. And we don't talk enough about those things. Um, as a society, I'm really open about it with me, but, uh, you know, I think that in the political sphere, it makes you vulnerable. Um, I think conservatives in this town, me included, right? I mean, we're just scraping and clawing for every number right now, just to balance numbers. So you go from there. Uh want to give a shout out uh, to the Lincoln Police Department again. I know that they've done some promotions and things. And so it's always good to see uh, people rising through the ranks and staying on the force, because that's an important part of it, um, as the news goes. A lot of you may be excited to know that uh, at first, uh, Governor-elect Jim Pillen, it was thought he wouldn't be in the mansion that much, but he'd given a great uh, Q&A with the Nebraska Examiner and Aaron Sandiford. He's been doing a couple of Q&A, uh, Q&As lately, and uh, actually seems like he'll be down here in Lincoln more, which I think is great. Um, first of all, the Governor's Mansion is historic. Um, it's uh, a neat little place, and I think it'll be cool that you know the governor's is down there a little bit more. I was, you know, go go check out the Nebraska Examiner and, and Aaron Sandiford's article. I did think it was interesting, um, and it, again, it's not like Jim Pillen, you know, gave step by step plans, and he doesn't need to. But I was happy that he talked about different things from the campaign trail and and what he wanted to try to get done and um really big on really big on kids and i i don't have a problem with that i mean top focus is on kids and you know educating and so it's going to be interesting to see you know how that comes down you know when you're talking about education funding and making sure the funding is you know equal across districts and things like that you know, again, we've had school choice debates on this show and, and whether or not uh, we can get something like that passed. 
So I think it'll be real interesting as he takes over the governorship and, you know, starts to work with the legislature, you know, really right away on, you know, what the legislature is going to do. As far as this show is concerned, we've really talked about kind of on the election integrity voter ID type thing so far. Um, but it's a real good read. And, you, you know, you're starting to get to see some thoughts from the new governor. Uh, Jeff on the text line on the Rick Stein recognition text line. Uh, let's fix a few bridges so the homeless have a place to live. Jeff, you probably didn't want me to read that on air, but I rarely, well, I don't think I ever censor anybody unless it's got words I can't say due to the FCC. Um, Number one, we haven't checked in with Pam Dingman in a long time, the county engineer, but uh, bridges across the county uh, were trending up, and I was happy to see that. Uh, The county engineer was making some waves in getting some of the funding to get some things done. Now, again, that's outside of the the city limits. Uh, You are referencing the fact that, yes, several of our homeless have taken up shelter there. Under our bridges, uh, I do believe that there are still plenty of bridges around the Lincoln area in good shape that could provide some, <laughs> yeah, to, it could provide some shelter uh, for our homeless. And uh, yes, Jeff, Jeff has said that's why I don't call in. Uh, yes, I wouldn't call in either on that one. But your point is well taken, meaning. We have some homeless issues. Um, again, we're a we're a good um, we're a good city. We're a nice city. Uh, we definitely go the extra length to help people. Um, and our homeless thing kind of ebbs and flows with where we're at on it as a city, given kind of where homeless people camp out. You know, if they camp out right down on O Street in front of businesses, people get really fired up. If they go out kind of into the hinterland and have a camp and we don't see them, everybody's kind of like, oh, it's all good. Either way, you know, I, I will say this. Just it's an American thing in general. We are so poor. There are obviously people that have mental health issues, maybe addiction issues and other that are always going to find themselves being homeless. Okay. I don't believe that's the vast majority of homeless. I could be wrong. I just don't believe it is. We as a country do a really bad job. It astounds me with all the space, all the expertise that we can't city by city, county by county in this country do a better job of getting people trained, educated, and a little help me out to get them on their way if you will. So, uh, yeah, there you go. But I like it. Um, let's see what else. Oh, well, Johnny wrote me something. Okay. We've got, uh, James, James, welcome to drive time Lincoln on the text line. Did you recommend refugee camps as a solution for border crisis? Um, can you explain what that looks like? Having a hard time picturing Texas officials allowing camps on their southern border. James, what I'm saying is that if we have these historic numbers, which we do, 
right, um, year over year now, the last two years, which means just from a bodies over the border um, coming in and then our mechanism right now is to, you know, give them their court date and let them be free, right? So it's, you know, you and I come across the border, somebody from Border Patrol or ICE or somewhere, you know, says, hey, come here, do this. Okay, here's your court date. You got to be back whenever we call you or whatever it is. Off you go. This isn't a good way to handle the flow of people legally or illegally into your country. And so whether we want to call it refugee camps, I use the word refugee because everybody understands like that visual of tent cities, right? Military people also understand tent cities. If we need to essentially temporarily house millions of illegal people that we don't know if they should be in this country, which is what problem we have right now, that is a way. That is a way that is being done, has been done, is kind of always the way that the world handles refugee crisis or mass immigration crisis everywhere. I mean, there's really no other way. There's just the unique American way of saying, well, we, we've got laws and we're a free land, so we're going to give you a sticky note and we hope you'll come back for your asylum hearing. And then people just go into our country and we just add, we add, we add. So it wouldn't be against, my argument is that it's not within, it's not within the realm of possible that we have the capability to put up those tents and to feed, clothe, provide medical in temporary status for these people to have accountability on them other than just giving them a sticky note and releasing them in to the contiguous United States. I would agree that places like Texas and other border states wouldn't like that, and I personally wouldn't expect them to have to be the only ones to bear that burden. America as a whole has a lot of land. So there are many places, right? Because a refugee camp doesn't necessarily have to be right there in the southern border. I mean, we can, as you see, bus, fly people all over the place. Um, And so it would be a burden of administering these type of areas for probably every state, to be honest with you. I mean, that's what, to me, being an American is about. It's it's a little bit sharing the load. So um, it's a possibility, is what I'm saying, opposed to catch give you a piece of paper, hope in your good graces that you'll return to your court hearing. I don't think that that's a good policy of this ever, and certainly not when we're at the historic um, numbers we're in, without a doubt. I mean, it works in other places. At least you have accountability. At least they're cared for. And, you know, you have a little bit more control of the situation, which I think the U.S. government needs to think about, opposed to just the absolute chaos that's going on down there right now.
1,499.3 You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, good show today. Appreciate everybody calling in and texting in. Had a lot of interaction there. We'll have Natalie Weiss, uh, trans activist, uh, Democrat ally, on tomorrow. Um, excuse me, we'll just have a good show. 45-minute show tomorrow, and then we'll get on to the New Year's holiday. 1,499.3 KLIN.